Hi, my name is Shannon Gillespie. Welcome to my grade eight classroom at Nanaimo Christian School in Nanaimo, British Columbia, Canada. Welcome to another day in God's story. We are ecstatic to have you join the Every Square Centimeter podcast as we tour this beautiful land we call Canada, celebrating and finding inspiration in the people, places, and practices in Christian education. We're going to kick off our podcast with an opening square, a very modified opening circle, where we welcome our group, which today we're calling it our GAM. Last episode, we were a Calgarian route with Zach Robichaud, Zach Robichaud from Calgary Christian Schools. We learned about co-housing, Iliodelio, Hascap berries. That's the superfruit I didn't know about. Assessment. We learned that assessment means to sit beside. Darren, we learned, that has a deep disdain for manicured lawns. And Zach invited educators to see teaching as playing with the holy all day long. Go give that a listen if you haven't already. And I just want to thank Graham Langridge, who is our sound technician. He creates our jingles. He edits. He We had so many internet issues last time, and for it to come out sound like it did, it, I was super impressed. Uh, so maybe, Graham, just a quick, hey, are you back there? Hello. I'm always listening. And thank you, Jeremy. Hello, <laughs> Graham, thank you so much. I was questioning, you know, once I saw the 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 magic you pulled with that episode, why you couldn't fix my phlegm brulee from episode one. Um, well, it wasn't a question of can't. I just didn't want to. Okay. All right. We'll have to talk to you about that later. Uh, but today, today we're a gam in Nanaimo. Uh, I'm not sure, Shannon, what, Nanaimo. If I'm from Nanaimo, what's that? Uh, you would be a Nanaimo white, I think. Okay, so a, a Nanaimo white gam. Uh, I was just going to go with nanogam. That sounds a little easier. But <laughs> to get to Perfect. know our gam, <laughs> we're going to start our podcast with a question or prompt. This part of the opening square is the name segment. My name is Jeremy Horlings from the Prairie Center for Christian Education, or PCCE, and alongside me from the Society of Christian Schools in British Columbia, or SCSBC, is Mr. Five Kinds of Fruit Trees in My Front Yard, but don't call it a lawn, Darren Speaksma. Hey, Gam. Hey, hey Darren. Darren. Darren, our prompt for today is what's your favorite musical and a character from that musical? Uh, bonus points if you do any singing or part of the singing. So, first of all, there will be no singing. <sighs> Come on. Second of all, I don't know the names of any of the characters, which makes me pretty lame in as far <laughs> as pumping up a musical. But that being said, Hamilton rocked my world as a musical. Mm. It is spectacular. I will watch it as many times as anyone in my family wants to watch it. And wow. maybe next time I'll pay a little bit more attention to the names of some of the characters. <laughs> little, little, like tea, little, yeah, little, little part of the songs. Darren, no, no. Okay. I got nothing. All right. Well, from advance in Eastern Canada, we have a guy that's fired up by the unbearable wholeness of being Justin Cook. Hey, Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. Ooh, I think that's our best yet. Justin, what's your favorite musical and a character from that musical? Okay, so I'll, I'll give it a go. Name that musical. Oh, yes, yes. Is it is it a race to name it for who uh, named it first? Sure, jump in whenever you want to. And by the way, I don't know if I totally remember the melody, but, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> and little people know. When little people fight, we may look easy pickings, but we got some bite. So never kick a dog because he's just a pup. You better run for cover when the pup grows up and we'll fight like 20 armies and we won't give up. Oh, you are singing. I think you got to keep singing because I don't yeah. know what it is yet. So keep going. <laughs> I'm impressed. Uh, not with, I'm disappointed in our lack of musical knowledge, but Justin, I'm impressed. All right, the character's Gavroche. Guys, it's nope. like the most famous 
the musical that every Christian is like Ooh. has to love. Cats. I heard of <laughs> 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 Christian cats. It's actually Christian cats. Oh, okay, good. Uh, no, it's it's uh, it's Les Mis team. Come on, I said Les Mis. I didn't hear Shannon. Oh, I did guess Les Mis. All right, Shannon wins the prize. Totally. Sorry, I missed it. I was too busy singing Gavroche. Awesome. That was impressive, Justin. As we heard off the top, we are honored to be welcomed virtually into Nanaimo Christian School by an eighth grade teacher and a director of learning, Shannon Gillespie. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Shannon. Shannon, our prompt is what's your favorite musical and a character from that musical? Well, this was hard because I love musicals. And in fact, you weren't quite specific enough for me. I wanted to know if you meant Broadway musical, TV <laughs> musical, Hollywood musical. So um, I had to think about it. Wow. Um, I think my my favorite overall musical would have to be Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which I saw in person with Donny Osmond when I was probably about <laughs> 12. And my mom was so in love with Donny Osmond, it, I found it super awkward because I thought he was old. Um, <laughs> but that doesn't actually uncover my secret talent, which comes about in the musical Mary Poppins which is the fact that I do a really good impression of the song It's a Jolly Holiday with all the animals singing. Ooh, I can't yes. wait to hear that. Yes, Let's we're hear it. ready. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm regretting this right now. <laughs> but oh, it's, no, okay. we got this. It's more something like, Oh, it's a jolly holiday with Mary. <laughs> Mary makes your heart so light. When the day is gray and ordinary, Mary makes the sun shine bright. Happiness is living all around her. Okay, we're going to start now. But really, uh, you get the sense. Awesome. Yeah. Well done. Well done. It's yeah. <laughs> so I thought Justin's was pretty awesome yeah. and was going to award him some extra <laughs> points, but I'm taking those points away and giving them to Shannon. Just sorry to say that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very competitive. So that's really, I, when fake points are on the line, I'm all in. Oh yeah. I abdicate. That, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm supposed to follow that up with uh, my own musical answer. And I was going to sing that this is going to just pale in comparison, but uh, here it goes. I, I'm hoping that at least you guys recognize this more so than uh, Justin's. All right. I love it. So I think I'm cheating here. There's some music in Lion King, and there is an official Lion King musical that I believe I have watched, but I was a big fan of that show growing up. And the character that I loved was, was probably Timon and Simba, um, Hakuna Matata. Uh, that that posture, love that. That's two. That's uh, two characters, by the way. <laughs> two characters. Yeah, I, that's yeah, two. I, I know. No. So I, I I can't. I can, I'll go with Timon because I just know that uh, Pumbaa get mocked even a little bit more. Uh, I have three sisters who probably think that my parents think I was Simba. I was the only boy out of th- out of four, so they would probably say I, my parents thought I was Simba. But I'm going to go with Timon, the Lion King musical. I, I really don't have many other options. We couldn't even guess any of just the Lay Miz, so that shows us our musical. Um, I think if he'd chosen so, another to- song, I would have known it faster. So I, I had to choose Gavroche because my daughter actually played Gavroche, so that's okay. why. I, uh, yeah, so it's it's a personal favorite for me. I have to confess. Yeah, that's the reason I couldn't guess either. Thanks. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she sang it a lot better than I did. <laughs> Well, uh, listeners, tweet us at every square CM to let us know your favorite musical and character. Or for those that know us better, maybe let us know which character from musical we really are. For the second half of our opening square, we have our host choose from a variety of segments that all rhyme with aim because we love our rhymes. So shame, acclaim, blame. And today, Shannon has chosen. Last time I got in trouble from Graham for getting us to do a drum roll on the desk. So Darren, can you do a drum roll with your just mouth? No hands on desks. <laughs> uh, no, I can't. Okay, well. All right, Shannon, you want Shannon? There we go. It's game. Hey. Yes. For the game today, we have a 
first ever every square centimeter uh, segment where Shannon is going to lead us in a would you rather. So usually we provide the questions, but Shannon is going to lead us and we're going to then give our answers. And then Shannon is going to tell us what the actual right answer is. So Shannon, what's your first would you rather? All right. Well, we play would you rather often at school and I'm a middle school teacher. So I'm going to middle school you with some of my would you rather questions here. The first being, would you rather bathe in shredded zucchini or pureed pumpkin? Ooh, okay, I'm going to, I get the, the pleasure of directing this, thankfully, so I can put it away from myself first. Uh, Darren, uh, what do you got? I think it's an easy answer, actually. I'm going with pumpkin because puree, at least the consistency should theoretically be even if it's pureed well. So you're getting the overall same sort of benefit, but I am a little worried about the sugar content of pumpkin being a little bit nasty, but I'm still going with pumpkin. Mm -hmm. Justin, what do you got? Well, I was kind of thinking I'm, I'm going pumpkin. I'm thinking it's kind of mud bath. Like, you know, it's like <laughs> kind of warm and <laughs> All right. Pumpkin. Done. Oh, man. I hope that is enough for Shannon to move away from that answer because I'm going to swerve them. (laughs) Shannon, uh, what was the other one? Is shredded zucchini? Is that right? Yeah. Shredded zucchini. Yeah. I'll go shredded zucchini because I can't get that picture of uh, Justin in a a pumpkin (laughs) mud bath uh, out of my head. So, (laughs) Shannon, what's the right answer? Well, yeah, I think the only right answer here is shredded zucchini, um, oh, partly yes. because I think it's waterier, so you might get clean. And I just can't picture somebody who bathes in pureed pumpkin not being slightly orange all the time, and that grosses me out. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a cool. bad spray tan is yeah, what would be the, <laughs> exactly. Uh, the That's exactly what I picture, a really bad spray tan. <sighs> okay, okay, you ready for question two? Let's do this. Let's do it. Okay. Would you rather always have terrible body odor or terrible bad breath? Well, uh, Justin, why don't you start us off this time? So we got body odor or bad breath. Ooh, that's, uh, I struggled with that one. That's a lot of bees. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, thanks for these awesome options. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) I'm uh, (laughs) going to go bad breath. I feel like the zone of like the proximal zone is shorter. The the sharpness of the smell is less distinct. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, bad breath as well because it's similar. Maybe you could mask it. The only thing with masks right now is you're dealing with that then all day long, your mm. own bad breath. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I just, yeah, I think it's a smaller bubble that you're dealing with other people are going to have to deal with it. So I'm going bad breath as well, Darren. Well, I definitely got a pre COVID and a post COVID answer here, but um, (laughs) I'm definitely saying right now I'm going with um, body odor just because I don't want to follow along with these other guys. And (laughs) frankly, um, body odor, I think I'd probably get used to it. It would be everyone else's pain. Whereas if I had bad breath now and had to wear a mask all the time, I'm dealing with my problem (laughs) rather than, you know, passing it on to other people. Um, and I have sort of hermit tendencies anyway, so this would just sort of superimpose that on my life. So <laughs> that's why I'm going with body odor. Shannon, what's the okay. right answer? I think this really comes comes down to whether you're a selfish person or not. But I think it has to yeah. be bad breath because body odor, the effect on other people yes. is much worse mm-hmm. than bad breath, I think. Ouch. I like that zone. That, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Darren. <laughs> Yeah. You got to think about others here. You're right. You do get used to your own body odor. Uh, we're heading into round three. And just to update the score, okay. just make sure everyone is aware. I'm, I'm at two and Justin's at one. Darren's at zero. Uh, Shannon, what's our third question? Okay. Careful. This one will keep you up at night. <laughs> Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? <laughs> uh darren i'm gonna go to you on this one i would not survive a horse-sized duck so i'm going with my chances with a hundred duck-sized horses that's what i'm going with justin what do you got 
Now I'm imagining Darren like kicking all these poor little horses everywhere. Horses are flying. <laughs> That's terrible, Darren. If I survive the duck, imagine the story I get to tell. Oh man. I'll be like, I'll be like, you guys, you wouldn't believe the size of this thing. I'm going down. It will eat you. <laughs> Just put yeah. that out there. Like I think the size of a human being, I think it uh, a horse-sized duck might be able to consume you. Yeah, They're herbivores, aren't they? <laughs> uh, don't test us, Justin. We already failed the uh, musical challenge. I'm not sure we know our herbivores, omnivores, and carnivores. But I, I will say this. This is a social media world, and uh, I don't think you can recover from kicking 100 duck-sized horses. Uh, if that was to go viral, you're done. If somehow you came out of that mm-hmm. duck-sized horse, uh, did I say that right? Yeah. Oh, no, a horse-sized, horse-sized duck. duck. No, uh, horse-sized duck. You're yeah. coming out a hero, so I'm going horse-sized duck. Okay. I I think the answer has to be a hundred duck-sized horses because I don't think just thinking about the beak alone on a horse-sized duck, I don't think you're coming out of there. Anybody. <laughs> Thank you, the Shannon. The Islanders are in cahoots. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, that does give Darren a point, which is nice. We don't want him having a, a zero here. But uh, I do come out of this one, so that means that both Darren and I have won. Hopefully, Justin, uh, next game, you can get on the board. <sighs> Shannon, thank you so much for leading us. You said that you use these with middle school students. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, tell me how you, maybe you, do, where, do, where do you use them? Is it a daily or weekly or yeah? how, how do you go about using these? Yeah, we, we use them every morning, usually as an attendance question. So we've got some magnets with student names on there. We have good wood rather on the board. And what's cool is that um, I say we because I co-teach, but we started it and then the kids have kind of taken it over. So the kids like to generate the would you rather for the next day, which is pretty fun. So awesome. That's a great idea. Shannon, we're going to transition from our opening square to the part of our podcast where we learn more about places in Canada, in this case, Nanaimo, and celebrate the people and practices in Christian education. As we heard off the top, Shannon teaches at Nanaimo Christian School in Nanaimo, British Columbia. Justin, can you tell us a little bit about Nanaimo? Sure can, Jeremy. Although, got to be honest, I'm a bit nervous about it because both Shannon and Darren are former or current residents of Nanaimo. So forgive me. We'll see how it goes. Maybe some fact checking. <laughs> Guys, you, yes, exactly. Guys, you also know I discovered last week in connection to Calgary that um, acknowledgements are not only about history, they're about hospitality. First Nations communities have welcomed newcomers with land acknowledgments for hundreds of years. And I thought that was so powerful. I just assumed it was us. Sorry. I thought I thought it was just uh, settlers kind of trying to make reparation. But it's so much more than that. I've tapped into a, a Nanaimo expert on it as well, actually. Uh, Lori Meyer-Dries is the chair of First Nation Studies uh, at Vancouver Island University, which is in Nanaimo. She says this, Recognizing the land and the communities informs people of the colonial history of our region, specifically that treaty processes and land surrenders have not yet taken place. The land is what hosts us all. It is a precious resource that holds all our lives. Acknowledging where we are is good for our souls, and it keeps us humble and grateful. And I just think the way she describes that is awesome. So, Nanaimo is located on the unceded territory of the Snunaimuk First Nation of British Columbia. The Snunaimuk uh, are a vibrant First Nation of Coast Salish people located in the center of Coast Salish territory on the eastern coast of Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, and the Fraser River in the Canadian province of British Columbia. The Snunaimuk First Nation is one of the largest nations in BC with a population of over 1,700 people. They are one of the few nations that have a pre-Confederation treaty with the Crown, the Treaty of 1854. Unfortunately, it's been systematically undermined, ignored, and dishonored by the Crown, and as a result, they currently live on the smallest reserve land base per capita of any First Nation in British Columbia. By the way, 
as I say the name or attempt to say the name, Snunaimuk, are you seeing a connection to the name Nanaimo? Well, it would, oh, so it would actually be pronounced Nanaimo. So then it, it it's very close to Nanaimo. We just don't really say the S anymore, but Snanaimo First Nations. Gotcha. Is, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Snanaimo. Got it. No Thank problem. you for that. All right, so some other interesting facts about uh, Nanaimo. First, you, we got to shout out the Nanaimo bar thing. I think it's a matter of course that we have to do that. Uh, the city embraced its legacy as being known for the dessert bar. The recipe was first printed in 1952 in the Women's Auxiliary to the Nanaimo Hospital cookbook. So it's a legit connection to Nanaimo. First recipe found in the hospital cookbook. Second, I had no idea that the Hudson Bay Company was everywhere in Canada. I just assumed it was kind of like a Northern Ontario thing, but obviously not. Do you know what attracted them to create a settlement at the location of Nanaimo in the 1850s? Anyone want to guess? Coal. Coal. Would be my guess, yeah. Coal. Exactly right, Jeremy. Uh, Darren, thank you for that. <laughs> So the Snainomu Nation attempted to broker a deal for access to the coal vein that was discovered there, but the Hudson Bay Company ultimately refused to negotiate and partner with the First Nation. There's a famous landmark still in downtown Nanaimo called Bastion. the Bastion that was built at the time to, correct, to protect the port and the coal mine. Over the years, it served as a jail, a store, a clubhouse, a museum, most recently an interpretive center. Coal mining gave way to timber, and now the uh, employment includes a diverse mix of government, technology, education, tourism, and many other things. Last quick fact, uh, there's an Nanaimo Marine Festival. Bet you it would be a ton of fun. I've watched a few YouTube videos about bathtub mm -hmm. racing. That mm -hmm. seems pretty <laughs> awesome. Pretty sad not to be able to check out the Nanaimo bathtub race because that looks pretty epic. But I think... I'm not sure if the record's been broken. In 2017, the record was one hour and seven minutes. Anybody know if that record still stands? Probably. We'll say uh, it Yeah, because they didn't have yeah. it last year either, so. Uh, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, this one's a bit morbid. I'm not going to go into this for a lot of detail. If I had have more time, I'd tell you about that. But I don't know if any of you have heard of the myster mysterious fact that feet are washing <laughs> up on shores of the Salish <laughs> River. So if there was more time, I'd go into the mystery of feet washing ashore, but I'll just leave that out there. Great. So that's a lot about the city. Thank you, Justin. Shannon, how did you end up in Nanaimo? Well, I was born here, so I didn't really have much control over it. Um, I am, yeah, very fortunate. I love it. I've lived here my whole life, and um, my family is very entrenched in Nanaimo. And in fact, my grandpa used to deliver milk to every house in Nanaimo as part of Loudon Dairy. So, um, yeah, I am a multi-generation Islander and four generations of Canadians. So we are hardcore Canadian. Favorite thing about the city, Shannon? Well, you already mentioned the Nanaimo bar, and that would be high on my list. Um, I love that it's small, but not too small. So I run into someone I know everywhere I am, and I'm really never more than 10 to 12 minutes from anything. Um, and the proximity to the ocean. I mean, that is just my life. I don't think I could live anywhere where I couldn't drive to the ocean really quickly. Shannon, maybe can you tell us a little bit about uh, zoning in on your school? Tell us about Nanaimo Christian. Mm -hmm. We are a K-12 school uh, that started in Nanaimo in our current location in 1988. And we have just experienced tremendous growth over the last few years. I think one of the fastest growing in SESBC. When I started here 15 years ago, we were about a school of 200, I think, and we will be over 650 next year. So um, we're definitely... Wow navigating that change from small school to bigger school. That's awesome. Congrats on that, by the way. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> well, describe a few things I would notice if I was visiting. Shannon, we're, we're, you're hosting us at your school virtually, but what are we seeing as we're here? I, I hope that you would see that this is a place where our culture is very intentional. Um, we, we really aim to be to be a community, um, staff, students, everybody. And in fact, people who do tours here or new students that come often say something just felt different. Um, I think part of that is intentionally hiring people who 
want to be here and want to teach a specific age group. So for us in middle school, we're always looking for teachers who they want to teach middle school. They don't just want to teach. And that I think really affects the culture around the community here. So with that, um, you've talked to us a little bit about your school and a culture and like, does your schedule have anything to impact um, culture? Like how, is, how are those two tied together? Because schedules often drive education. Yeah. So in our middle school, which is grades six, seven, eight, we actually have a communal schedule that's really designed for maximum collaboration, uh, both for teachers who can teach. Um, we teach all math all at the same time, for example, across all the grades, which allows us to collaborate in different ways and allows us to actually actually be very flexible with student learning and experiences. And so we are able to regroup kids and move them um, in a lot of different ways because our schedules match so nicely. Um, and we really try to prioritize the, the schedule around student learning and trying to keep efficiency not as the primary motivator. Shannon, maybe I missed this. How long have you been at Nanaimo Christian? I have been here uh, teaching 15 years um, in administration, about seven. Um, but I also attended as a student for grades eight, nine, and 10 in the uh, early 90s before it went all the way to high school. Could you maybe tell us about a teacher that inspired you as you went through Nanaimo Christian or as you grew up? Yeah, I think the uh, the most inspiring teacher for me was my grade six, seven teacher. I went to French immersion and his name was Michel. And um, I just really remember that that class was fun and we learned while we had fun. And I think the thing that resonated with me was how much it seemed like he wanted to be there and be with us. And I really, I actually just remember him singing uh, the Beatles help at the front of the classroom with his French accent. So it was like this terrible English rendition. And it just, there was just a real community feeling. Um, and I loved that. Worse than Darren and Mai's O Canada? Oh, it just different. <laughs> okay. That's a, that's a very nice way of saying it. Uh, Shannon, in, in every episode, we want to focus on a certain kind of practice or topic or area in education that a, a teacher in uh, our Christian schools in Canada are, are interested in or you know, celebrate something they're trying, right? We're, we're not saying we're experts in these things, but we're just, we're trying these things out. And so uh, what would you like to focus our conversation on today? I think for us, um, just as a school, but also really intentionally this year because of COVID has been around how do we cultivate belonging in our whole school, but especially in middle school at an age where um, student identity and belonging is so foundational for how they feel about themselves and then how they feel at school. Uh, so that's been a, a big part of, of our discussion. So Shannon, that's great. Like, what does that look like specifically? Like what would a, what would a student experience that shows the thought that's gone into that? So I think right from day one, where we have uh, a middle school 101 before school starts um, to bring new students or those transitioning into middle school in at the end of the summer, uh, they get to know the teachers, they get to know, you know, where their locker is, those sort of practical things. But we usually try to invest something as well. So like the activities they do might actually give them an advantage on the first day of school. So when we play games, any of the new students actually have uh, a piece of the puzzle that's helpful to their team, um, which automatically kind of brings them in. Uh, this year, we were able to contact a local artist. Um, his name's Patrick from Strathcona Art. And we dreamt with him about what it would look like to design t-shirts for each of our learning groups. And so he did three designs around Pacific coastal animals that travel in pods. And one of our sayings for middle school, kind of the end of our theme statement is we belong together. And so each learning group got a, got a t-shirt in a different color that had either um, Pacific white-sided dolphins, orcas, or seals, and a group of them with we belong together on it. And it's, it was so cool, just something that brought us together. And now the kids wear them all the time too, which is really neat just to see. So I think, you know, it's in the, it's in the practical everyday um, actions of trying to collect the kids and to 
build relationship um, and also in our in our curriculum development as well. Love how you're localizing and honoring your place, you know, in the Salish Sea uh, with the, the T-shirts there as well. Shannon, that's awesome. Shannon, already you're talking passionately about middle school. It's clear that, you know, even just when you said we don't want teachers who are passionate about teachers only, we want middle school mm-hmm. passionate teachers. Why are you so passionate about middle school? Oh, that's a good question. Um I'm not sure I know. I think it's just was something I've always been very much drawn to this age group, to adolescence. Um, I worked in youth group. Even as a teenager, I kind of taught Sunday school for the junior high kids. And then in my practicums was um, even my high school work experience was really drawn to kind of grade seven age. Um, I, I came to the school and taught grade four my first year because that was the job that was there. I actually applied for grade seven and Darren got it. So that's a whole different story. Um, but someone missed the boat on that one. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I did one year in grade four and then, you know, Darren approached me and said, Hey, we're looking at starting a middle school. And I know you're excited about this age. And it's just, it's been the age that lights a fire in me. So I don't know that I can explain why it just, it just does. Well, it's exciting. And I think, um, obviously there's all kinds of stories in that one little sentence of, um, me stealing your job. Um, (laughs) but obviously with being passionate about middle school comes, um, a specific type of learning experience. And I know this is something you've worked on and tweaked and adjust, but talk to us a little bit about Um, what target are you aiming for as you're imagining and you're collaborating with your team around learning experiences for students? What are you guys hoping for? Yeah, I think, um, I think one of the things that we really try to help teachers understand when they, they begin teaching in middle school is that adolescents are unique and they're not elementary and they're not high school. And we can't teach them as if they're a, a taller elementary student or a smaller high school student. And so we're really looking for something unique um, we're looking to spend time in activities that are are challenging and rig- rigorous, but they are fun and they're relevant and they're moving and they're laughing. And we really try to do a lot together. And so that it's not a solitary experience. I think part of that is because friends are their life and we have to honor the fact that relationships are such a big deal to them. Um, but we're also really trying to be intentional about how we focus our learning around things that are going to, to reach them at a deeper level outside of school. So, you know, we have our, we, we teach a three-year collaborative curriculum in middle school. So our grade sixes and sevens and eights are learning the, the same things in theme each year. Um, and they're organized around themes. So we do a year rooted in identity a year in influence and a year on journey. And so we're in the middle of our identity year right now. And it just becomes an opportunity to feed into kids about who they are, who God has created them to be, how they belong and how school can be a piece of that. You mentioned a fun, challenging middle school. Do you have an example of an activity that you have, you've tried with middle school students? You've already mentioned the, would you rather Mm -hmm. as a way to do um, just the check-in with kids, the, yeah. Any other fun activities that maybe you've designed or curated? Yeah. I mean, my hope is there'd be something every day that if you asked our kids, they would be like, Oh, we're doing this. We're doing this. I think right now we're having a blast in grade eight math, um, which isn't always fun for a lot of people. Um, I co-teach it with a colleague and we take all 54 grade eights and we teach them together. And so we have, been uh, combining our fractions and measurement unit. And so they looked at designing houses for a specific specific occupant scenario. Um, they designed floor plans. They had to scale them to appropriate ratio. They needed to follow real world construction constraints. And then they created a three-dimensional model. Um, they wrote a real estate write-up and then we actually posted them and we had teachers come by and vote on which house they'd actually buy job of actually meeting the need of the occupant scenario, which was everything from, you know, a family with a child in a wheelchair to three university students who are super into mountain biking. So how would you actually design a house that takes into account what they need, but is actually fully functional and, and mathematically correct as well? Yeah, that's awesome, Shannon. I can hear the excitement in your voice as you describe it. 
So we just kind of brushed right on by this idea of six, seven, eights combined into theme. And I'm assuming there's a few of us out here that are going, wait, what? Um, I think we need to hear a bit more about that. So can you just give us a bit more specific detail? So are the grades six, seven, and eights mixed into intergrade groups studying on the three-year loop? And then I, I assume that's true, and th- but I'm wondering about like su- more linear subjects like math or, you know, are they together all day? Just give us a little bit more detail on the creativity of your, your groupings. Sure, yeah. Um, our, our integrated curriculum uh, we call theme. It's really the bulk. It's language, arts, social studies, science, uh, with heavy integration of Bible and ADST. Um, and that is something oh. where we... Oh. Hold on, Shannon. Yeah, right. Acronym. Oh, just wait. ADST. Okay, we're all going to take a shot at this. Uh, The Alberta Distance Student Teaching. Not even uh, close. uh, (laughs) Um, Shannon teaches in BC. Just put that out there. It was a distant thing. It was uh, Alberta Distance Student. Yeah, that's right. Alberta Distance. Yes. No. Shannon. uh, Like there's some some Alberta goes to school in Nanaimo. So, so every time uh, anybody says an acronym, we don't know. We, we kind of try to take a guess. So, sorry, I interrupted you. But do you want to tell okay. us the acronym and then just? Uh, Darren hasn't guessed. This is like a quiz. He should know this. Yeah, Darren, I you want, should know. I want to hear Justin's idea first. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to try after I got made fun of for my Alberta distance student <laughs> teaching. <laughs> I got I got to attention deficit and then I lost track. Of- <laughs> <laughs> now you're just describing me, but I believe it's applied design skills technology. Yes, correct. Okay. Oh, Darren, nice. So keep, you, you were telling a no wonderful problem. story. Keep going. Yeah. So so what we've done is we've taken you know the big ideas in in social studies and science um, primarily. And for the three years, so for grade six, seven, and eight, and sorted them into um, those three theme categories. So where I mentioned identity, influence, and journey. And so really the big ideas that make sense being explored through that lens, we've put those together. So it does mean there are, there are students in grade six who are exploring big ideas that don't come up in grade eight for you know, in other schools. But um, what it's allowed us to do is create a unified curriculum where our students are exploring the same ideas all the way across middle school. Of course, at grade level, it does look different depending on what skill we're doing. And so there are um, differences depending on, you know, the writing expectations or different things that might come in those explorations. But it's allowed us to Um, at least pre-COVID, to group kids in really cool ways. So whether that's, you know, choice-based, whether it's um, kind of more station rotation where kids get to come to different teachers to learn different things, but it just gives us a ton of flexibility in that regard. I think you just answered my question, Shannon. I was going to ask whether the grade six and seven kids stay in a loop together as they move into year two or three, but it sounds like you're doing different groupings within the theme all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And we we try to intentionally vary the groupings as well, right? Sometimes it it is around skills that students need to learn. Sometimes it's yeah. student choice. Sometimes it's um, you know, passion directed. Sometimes it's it's teacher gifts and and sorry how it's done that way, but yeah, we're able to really do that in in a lot of different ways and this is a a perfect example of where because the schedule is created for this it never gets in the way of us being able to do that i love it shannon so schedules are some uh, sometimes one of those barriers that gets in the way of uh not allowing us to do what we want to do i'm wondering what other struggles have you faced yeah um the last few years we've had quite a bit of staff turnover um And, you know, really just a lot of things like, you know, maternity leaves and also growth has just increased our staff every year. So we had quite a few years where there was four middle school staff and that's who we were for a really long time. And now our collaborations have 11. So uh, a collaborative team of four feels very different than a collaborative team of 10 or 11. And so I think we've been navigating what that looks like. Um, It's it's important for us to bring teachers on board and understand why we do what we do philosophically. There are a lot of really great teachers that 
We want to make sure they understand middle school development and the approach to learning that we use with our middle schoolers and the collaborative approach that we use as a staff. And that is, it's unique. It's not what happens in every other school. And there's a bit of dying to self that happens when you move into a collaborative Mm. team to actually say, I am here not to just plug my own ideas or to talk together and then go rogue when I leave this room and do whatever I want, but to really feel like I'm an important part of this team. I bring a piece to the table so that together it can be built on and it can be made better. And I'm going to leave with something new and different, but ultimately and hopefully better. Shannon, with the uniqueness of your staff collaboration expectations and even, you know, the theme structures and groupings, have you discovered something significant, either a hiring practice or like a a process aspect of the hiring or some kind of intentional practice for you professionally as a group that helps to foster that collaboration? Yeah, we have really attempted to actually bring teachers in to spend a day with us. And if possible, spend a day with us on a Friday. Uh, Friday, we have early dismissal for the students at 1230. And we have staff collaboration from one to four. And that is where almost all of our theme planning happens. So it's really important for us to have someone here, both for them to picture what this looks like, because I think a lot of people think they know. um, And then when they see it, they actually have a lot more questions and understanding of what this might look like and to know if it's a good fit for them and for us to see how well they interact with the rest of the staff too. We are a staff that that works together in team for pretty much everything. So it has to be somebody who is looking for that um, or it just won't be a great fit. Shannon, uh, just playing catch up here, uh, school growth, is it align in any way to the timeline of Darren leaving? Like, is there any connection between <laughs> the, well, <laughs> those numbers? Go- Funny you I, should say so. I can't but be the first. Yeah, it's okay. I think we'll chalk it up more to the fact that he left and I came into administration. Yes. So it was probably nice. that infusion of all of my bright ideas. <laughs> is that, Darren, was that okay? That's what you wanted me to say? <laughs> uh, Shannon, how has God uh, just to, to bring this back to to your conversation? How has God walking with you helped you in your role? Leadership is tough, you know, and I I think for me, I don't know that I ever would have anticipated um, my job being something that is so interwoven with my faith and my walk with God and. I actually love that during COVID, I didn't feel like I lost access to a Christian community, which has been wonderful. Um, it's also been great because I had a I've had a rough last year, like a lot of people have, and I think what the, what that able enabled me to do was um, God was able to work in me in practical settings at school, both to help maybe pull me out of my own problems that I was having. Um, but also I didn't realize at the time, maybe to equip me to better walk alongside students who were struggling with similar things. And I have just been, um, really challenged with the idea of embrace and what does that look like and how do, how do we do that better than we have been, um, with students, especially, you know, in middle and high school where, um, where things are fragile, yeah, that's great. Uh, could you have a specific story of that? Because I think everyone would be excited about Embrace. And I, I agree, people have had, these, this has been hard on people. Um, do you have a story from this past year with all everything that people have been going through where, where you've really seen that at work in your community? Yeah, I I mean, I think there's a few and I think they they range from the, maybe the everyday mundane to what we would overlook, like maybe not consider a big deal, um, to those that are really significant. So I think I maybe have two examples in mind. Uh, there's a student in our class who I think has really just struggled to connect and, and it's been a year of, um, investing and spending time with her, um, in just getting to know her and connect with her that has been able um, 
made her able to be, I think, more freely herself. And one of the things that we we did this year was modify a novel study that we used to do that was about identity, but maybe didn't have a lot of depth to actually using the the Brene Brown quote um, that fitting in is the opposite of belonging. And we used that as an anchor for our novel study and had six different books that kids read and examining in those situations, what does it look like? What does it look like when someone's experiencing true belonging? And what does it look like for someone who's trying to fit in? And in students looking at those scenarios and bringing out examples, I think um, the sharing and, and it allowed students and they were willing to be vulnerable that gave us a window into how to walk alongside. And I think the other, the other story that's been significant for us this year is, is a student who um, began the year as a female and came back after Christmas break um, with the request to use male pronouns and uh, a male name and just walking through our class, um, walking that with them and seeing actually just the, the embrace from the other students and that actually, despite maybe a range of opinions or views, or even understanding on what this means, um, students and staff have been able to come alongside and, and embrace. So that's been pretty cool to watch. I think if you give permission to, to kids to be authentic and then you start seeing evidence of the complexity and diversity of that permission. I think that's a great success actually, Shannon. So I want to, I want to commend you on the fact that you're seeing the authentic selves of kids mm. emerge. And, um, I think that's really powerful. Just a quick book shout out. Darren Speaksma here recommended to me mm-hmm. embodied by Preston Sprinkle. I'm not sure, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, Shannon, but I found it so helpful to think about uh, in terms of gender identity. Yeah, I I have read it, actually love it. And what's really interesting is actually my husband's cousin is one of the stories featured in that book. Wow. Uh, her name is Kyla and she's on um, Preston Sprinkle's um, podcast as well, Theology mm. in the Raw, and she tells her story and it is amazingly powerful. And mm. I think that 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 her story and that picture of people who just walked alongside her um, was, was really what brought her back to Jesus. Mm. And so that's been um, very challenging for me and inspiring me to examine my own um, actions and how they might be perceived by other people and where I can, where I can increase the, the embrace. You talked about authenticity. I've heard you talk about vulnerability um, those to me, um, sound a little bit about, um, kind of some of your non-negotiables as you talk about, um, who you want to be as a school. And as we get close to wrapping up here, I'd love to just hear a little bit about as you, as you lead a team and as you, as you teach, uh, middle schoolers, what would be your non-negotiables as you, as you think about that space? I think, uh, when I think about, leading a team and as a staff, I, I think about authenticity and vulnerability and that that has been a, a journey for me, even as a leader to come to a place where, um, I didn't rest in my own insecurities, which forced me to actually be somebody who wasn't vulnerable and authentic with my staff. And the more I've been able to actually open up and be honest about that. I think that's, that's brought us together and has allowed us to be a better team and even then allows you to recognize and, and celebrate your own um, inadequacies because you know, there's someone else sitting across from you that is going to bring that to the table. So I don't have to be everything. I don't have to be good at everything. And the more, Mm -hmm. Uh, the more I live into that, the more freeing it is to be like, yeah, I'm terrible over here. I am so thankful for you who brings this to our team. Right. Um, I think for kids Mm. to, we, I mean, there's the, there's the educational non-negotiables that we look at when we're planning where I'm like, we never want to be a place where a teacher is standing there talking at kids. We never want to be a place where they are sitting in silence all day long. We never want to be a place that's about, Uh, memorizing and regurgitating facts. But I think what's become a bigger non-negotiable for for me and for our staff is we want to be a place where 
every student feels like they belong. We want to be a place where every kid knows they had an, have an adult advocate. We want to be a place where everyone can show up as their authentic selves, no matter who that is or what they're struggling with or what questions they have and know that we are a Christian community that is determined to be a place to walk alongside them where they can ask their questions when they can have their doubts and they can have, especially at a middle school age, an adult that's not their parent that they can trust and who they know loves them and has their best interest at heart. That is a, a wonderful place to end, Shannon. Thank you so much for that. We are going to transition to our, our last segment, segment where we celebrate learners. All right, Shannon, to be inducted into the esteemed Every Square Centimeter Celebration of Learners Gallery, which is quite a mouthful, uh, you need to join us on this podcast. You need to share what you're trying and have at least one other person write some nice things about you. And that today, that person is James Seifier, principal at Nanaimo Christian School. Darren, I think you have a letter. Yeah. Yes, I do. I've got a letter here from James. Uh, it goes like this. Shannon's journey into school leadership began in a unique way. When the current assistant principal of middle school announced his resignation, the search for the new person began. I remember Shannon coming to me and saying that she wants the job. She's the best choice. She knows middle school better than anyone, and she could have she should have a chance. I do not recall the exact next steps, but I don't think we interviewed Shannon or anyone else and knew that we had the right person. Fast forward seven years, Shannon has become an essential part of our leadership team at NCS, but is also recognized in BC as a highly gifted and passionate educator. What I love about Shannon, besides her ability to find fun in all situations, but those are stories for a different time, is her relentless pursuit of education that puts students first, because she views that as her calling. In her own words, Shannon wrote this, I've always been a hard worker. I want to do my job well and to be a witness through the quality of my work. But in this job, there is so much at stake. This is about the kingdom. This is his work. This is exhausting, rewarding, life-changing, soul-saving work. When I begin to think this is good enough, I am challenged by the follow-up question, enough for what? Enough to fill a 50-minute block? Enough to pass government expectations? Enough to reach the learning targets for the lesson? Enough for them? Enough for him? Does it provide a faith formational experience for my students? Is it enough to connect them to their gifts, their purpose, and their call in this world? Is it enough to draw them to the His Word and guide them towards salvation? Is it enough to motivate them to get out of their seat and set aside their selfish desires and preach Jesus? Is, is it enough? You may have your own Shannon Gillespie at your school, but if you don't, you can't have mine. <laughs> but you need to find one. Shannon is an incredible gift to NCS, and I consider it an immense privilege to work with her, to lead with her, and to call her friend. James Seifier. Wow. I had no idea there was going to be a letter. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, thank you to James. I All of those things, uh, all the great things that he said could could be applied to everyone in our um, in our leadership team. And, you know, that's both the um, the blessing and honor and terrifying moment of having my own words read back to me that I thought, what is he going to say? And, you know, pulled up obviously the, a document I wrote a couple of years ago in trying to kind of define my call to Christian education and hearing it again, two years later, um, I think is, it's pretty good to, to feel, um, not certainly that I'm reaching all those things, but that even in light of, of COVID that I haven't let that go. And that, you know, my principal and my boss and the person I work with um, closely recognizes that in me too, that this isn't, um, it isn't just a job. I really do believe that I'm, I'm called to be here. So I'm happy with the little, the little part that I'm having in that at Nanaimo Christian School and in Christian education in general. Shannon, uh, it is, has been an honor to have you on here. If, if anyone wants to get a hold of you, connect with you, um, do you have an email address that you'd be willing to share? Absolutely. Yeah. My email address is shannon.gillespie. So that's S-H-A-N-N-O-N dot G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E at N-C-S-N-A-N-A 
I-M-O.com. Listeners, we would love your involvement in our podcast as well. So email us as well at everysquarecentimeter at gmail.com. That's everysquarecentimeter with an R-E at the end at gmail.com. Give us some opening square ideas, a fun prompt, a question, a segment idea. Remember that the segment idea has to rhyme with aim. But also send us your feedback. Tell us about an educator that we should celebrate. Pose a question you want to discuss. And last of all, we'd love more people to know about the amazing work that educators like Shannon are doing. So please rate, review, and subscribe in whatever platform you use to listen to. And tell a friend or a colleague about the podcast. Before Darren sends us off with a blessing, we use this time to try to uh, thank Sharon, first of all, for hosting, Shannon, sorry, for hosting us in Nanaimo Christian. And we were a gam today. And so I use this time to ask my my gam, what is a gam? What group of animals? So Darren, I'll start with you. Take a guess. What's a gam? I'm going with a group of butterflies. Okay. Again, uh, regional is usually, so butterflies. Justin? That's uh, obviously a gam of crabs, Ooh, Jeremy. Yeah. Shannon? <laughs> oh, I thought for sure it was sloths. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't give you the, the tip off that it's usually regional, I, unless there's sloths on Vancouver Island that I didn't know uh, of. Yes, the but, great uh, western coastal sloth. Ah, see, <laughs> the things you learn on a podcast about Canada. Uh, I'll give you other names for these. You got to so- go to them. They don't come to you. <laughs> uh, we got we got gam. They, this group of animals could be a herd, a school, a mob, or a pod. Anyone pod? Does that set? Uh, anyone yeah. give? What do we, we think? got? Whales. Whales. Yes, whales. So my my question for you is what's your favorite whale encounter? And I'm just gauging the room to see who's got one. This is one I did not give them before. Justin's got a smile, so I'm going, Justin, what's your favorite whale encounter? <laughs> well, I uh, confess I've never lived on the island, but I have co- hiked the West Coast Trail mm. during my time in BC. And there's a guy who ferries hikers back to the start of the trail. I forget his name. He was amazing. He's also uh, quite well-respected as a whaler, like... Um, uh, he would he would archive and and yeah track I guess the whales that he would see ferrying hikers every day, and I while my buddy was in the back of the boat puking, I was up front mm-hmm. with uh, him in the in the uh, uh, in his cab I guess I don't know what's anyway he he was showing me all these whales and then they were showing they were breaching and he was telling me their names he was a friend to the whales and I got to meet the whales through him. It was incredible. Darren, do you have a friends of the whale story? Well, we used to um, take the entire middle school when it was a little bit smaller camping um, every, at the end of every year. And we would often end up on the West coast. And there was one beautiful sunny day where I had been mocked relentlessly by some of my staff and students because I kept telling them to look out into the ocean to see whales. And, you know, we had spent the better part of the day on the beach and there was nothing. And I just kept this mantra up. And then sure enough, um, some humpback whales swam into the bay to feed. And that to me was one of those moments where there was just a small moment of vindication and the long list of reasons to mock me as a middle school principal. <laughs> Shannon? What's funny here is I think I'm going to connect two pieces in this podcast that it's totally ironic. And Darren saying this, I am remembering that I sat on the beach with those kids all day making whale noises, telling them I also speak whale (laughs) because we weren't seeing any whales. No, I'm not doing those now. You're going to have to invite me back to hear my whale noises. But I think my, my favorite whale experiences are on the ferry. We just see them all Mm -hmm. the time. And I am regularly surprised now, like you can tell the local Islanders because the old, you know, Oh, we got orcas on the port side and there's, the majority of people jump up and run. And then those of us who still sit in our seats, like "Mm, orcas. Okay. (laughs) You know? So I think it just reinforces the blessing that I like, I just get to see Mm. them all the time, which is wonderful. I'm uh, in the midst of just start. We watched, started watching Seaspiracy last night on Netflix, which is eye opening and convicting. If you're an earth keeper and a justice seeker, uh, that's a, that's a worth uh, while watch. And 
Um, but I uh, used to go fishing with my, my dad and um, an old fisherman and an old boat for a few days. And I am afraid of deep, dark water. I don't know if growing up reading stories of Jonah, um, I don't know, <laughs> but whales coming out from the deep, dark water just freaks me right out. And I remember having a pod of uh, killer whales coming out from kind of underneath our boat and just watching them come up is just this humbling, amazing experience. And anytime I watch a video of someone in a sea kayak by them, I just think, get me out of there. I'd be the one puking, uh, <laughs> Justin was talking about. I just think, and I've heard that whales, you know, are the kind of this, you know, really intellectual wall suit, like save you. But I'm thinking like, if I'm ever in a situation where I need a whale to save me, I just, I don't, that's not a situation I want to be in. So, um, yeah, beautiful. I don't get to see them often, obviously, you know, but when I do, it's a, it's a majestic thing. So Shannon, thank you so much, uh, to end our time together. Darren, uh, as a blessing for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, Shannon, um, co-hosts, listeners, um, receive this blessing. May the Lord be with you to defend you from the tyranny of the immediate at the expense of the eternal within you to keep you focused on students first and the love of learning before you to lead you in his strength rather than just your own behind you to guard you from the insecurity that comes from never being done and above you to bless you with his tangible presence evident in the lives of students. We ask this of a God who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Stay encouraged educators. Thank Christian Schools Canada for sponsoring the podcast. Please know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CSC, the schools of our guest, or any of our three regional organizations. Thanks for listening. <laughs>